Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds podcast on Fansided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute, but before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds podcast is being brought to you by TestStrips.com. That's TestStrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen, .com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes the fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch. And they offer a simple-to-use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via business check or PayPal. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies. They will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because... They don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire, and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com, teststripswiththez.com, or calling 855-STRIPS-WITH-THE-Z-1. That's 855-STRIPS-1. Teststrips.com, Better Business Bureau accredited, A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project, and they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. Now, let us start the show. Fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds Podcast. Yes, exactly. Let's go get them. Huh? We're going to shake things up. Now, here is your host, Mike Hack. podcast on fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. My name is Mike Heck. I'm your host, broadcasting our studios here in beautiful Berkshire County, Massachusetts. Labor Day weekend is upon us. I am very excited. As far as my crazy work schedule goes, that is starting to clear up a little bit. I have all of next week off. I'm going to be playing in a golf tournament. Life is good, everybody. A couple of pieces of business. First, if you could, I'm not going to beg you to do it, but I'm going to ask politely. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Extra Rounds podcast on Apple Podcasts. All right, takes you two seconds to do. Just hit the old subscribe button, get shows immediately upon release. Bonus episodes, things like that. You never know what's going to happen. In my crazy life, I could just pop out interviews at any point. So make sure you do that. Leave a five-star rating. Leave some kind words. That is much appreciated. goes a long way. Also, if you want exclusive MMA content, great videos, from the great James Lynch on site at big events for the UFC and Bellator. Make sure you subscribe to the Fansided MMA YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com in the search bar. Just go Fansided MMA. It's easy to find. And that page is growing rapidly. So make sure you check that out. All right. So we're going to do things a little bit differently here. We were scheduled to talk to Jimmy Rivera. He's actually in Dallas right now getting ready 
for UFC 228. He's got a big fight with John Dotson. We're going to reschedule that. We're going to talk to Jimmy Rivera early next week. We're also going to talk to Valentina Shevchenko, who's going to be challenging for the UFC women's flyweight title against Nika Montano in the co-main event of that card. Of course, that's going to be headlined by a welterweight title fight between Tyron Woodley and the challenger, Darren Till. So that's going to be a fun event. That's happening next weekend. Let's talk about this weekend. Invicta is back in action on Saturday night in Kansas City. And we're going to talk to one half of the co-main event, Pearl Gonzalez. She's going to join us. There's a lot going on with Pearl. She's been on fire since her release from the UFC. She has found new life with Invicta. And her popularity continues to grow, despite not being in the UFC. And I find that very fascinating in such a young sport. And in in a lot of ways, and this is very understandable, people compare mixed martial arts to the WWE. Now, not because of what happens in the ring and in the cage. Obviously, those are two different things altogether. But the MMA model has roots from the pro wrestling model. I mean, you can't argue that. It's true. And you've seen in the pro wrestling world, you've seen how athletes can become superstars without being in the WWE. And maybe we're starting to see that in mixed martial arts as well. Pearl Gonzalez is getting very popular. She's obviously very attractive. She's very marketable. She's great to talk to, as you'll hear in a few minutes when we talk to her. And she wants to be on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which would be amazing. It's one of the most iconic magazines of all time. And there is a strong push for that to happen. Fans have been supporting her like crazy. And she's getting ready for a big co-main event, but she's going to come on the show and talk about everything. She's going to talk about the fight. She's going to talk about her dream of being on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. This is amazing stuff. So we're going to talk to Pearl Gonzalez. We're going to mix things up. We're going to do the interview first. And then we're going to go the full five with a very special guest. You guys. You guys have been sending me in questions like crazy. So we're going to talk about different topics that you guys wanted to talk about. And we'll run down some of the big stories that you guys want to, to hear me talk about. I don't know why you want to hear me talk about it, but we're going to do that anyways. We're going to get you guys involved. So coming up next, we will talk to Invicta FC flyweight Pearl Gonzalez on the Extra Rounds podcast. Everybody joining me for the first time on the Extra Rounds podcast, getting ready for a big fight on Saturday night in Kansas City. Invicta FC 31 live on UFC Fight Pass, and she will take on Dan Firmino in the co-main event. There's a lot of exciting things to discuss with Pearl Gonzalez, who joins us on the old Skype machine. Pearl, thank you for joining me so close to the fight. How are you? Amazing. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Big fight coming up in about 48 hours from right now. Weigh-ins coming up tomorrow as we record. How are you feeling right now heading into this big fight? Man, I'm feeling amazing. I'm so focused. Obviously, I'm a little hungry right now. I'm a little thirsty. Uh, my water's getting ready to be cut. And uh, the final stages of my weight cut is about to take place after this uh, podcast. And um, yeah, other than that, though, I'm just I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm so focused, so motivated and determined to show the world the new Pro Gonzalez. You seem in a very good mood despite being ready to weigh in tomorrow. Is that is that common for you, or are you a little grumpier at times? How, is this different than other ones? Well, I sometimes. I can get grumpy. I have my, my moments. But, you know, I think that this last year has been so amazing for me. It's just been such a great experience. I'm really living my best life and just loving everything about my career. Uh, so the, I'd say the last nine and eight months, so I've had three fights in these last five months have been 
great, great experiences. You're on a winning streak. Diane's on a winning streak. Big fight at 125 pounds. Co-main event on this card. This will be her debut for the organization. When this fight was presented to you, did you know much about her or did it not even matter at that point? You just wanted to fight anybody. It, it didn't really matter. I did not know anything about her. I just wanted to fight. Uh, I had contacted Invicta and had asked them for a fight and said I was ready to roll. And um, they gave me her name and I said, okay, absolutely. Anything anything to get to that belt. For, for those of us who have followed you throughout your career, I mean, you were in the UFC for a couple of fights before heading over to Invicta. And we've seen what, what that has done for fighters as of late. I mean, Angela Hill being a prime example, Sarah Coffin being a good example. And I know a few others have just been signed by the organization. How has that transition? I mean, obviously, you've been very successful. How has that transition from the UFC to Invicta been for you? Like, did you see it as an opportunity to, to really hone your craft and, and, as you said, live your best life a bit more and, I guess, add some fuel to your fire, so to speak? I do. I, I, I think that... Uh leaving the UFC, um, being cut from the UFC was, it was a big thing for me to overcome, uh, whether or not I really loved the sport and was I really cut out for it? Like I thought I was. And I think it took some, some days and a lot of thought to, uh, know that absolutely. This is my, my dream. This is my passion. And I deserve to showcase my skills that I have yet shown the world. And, uh, so I just went back and reevaluated my entire life and have changed everything up. And it's it's really showing uh, the value uh, of me doing that. Do you kind of remember that moment when that happened for you, when it just clicked and you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep on going with this. Like, this is what I really want to do. Do you remember when that happened for you? I do. I do remember. I was in Thailand. I went to Thailand in the beginning of this year for a Muay Thai camp. And I met this amazing little Thai man that's been teaching Muay Thai here in America for 50 years. This is his 50th year. And he had just met me. I had just met him. I didn't know anybody at this Thai camp. I, I wanted to go to Thailand, so I found a camp. And um, within 10 minutes of him talking to me, he looked at me and he said, Pearl, you're going to be a world champion. You work hard every single day. You will be a world champion. I promise you. And it was at that point that I was like, wow, this man has trained you know, so many champions and, and, and so many athletes for so long. Uh, for him to say that to me, really, it hit home, and I was, and I believed him. I believed him. As long as I work hard, I will be a world champion, and that's been my mindset since since that conversation with him. What did that all mean to you? I mean, to have a guy with that much experience, I mean, 50 years of teaching Muay Thai and just looking at you and meeting you for 10 minutes to be able to, to come up with that conclusion after just meeting you for just a few minutes, what did that mean to you? It meant everything to me. I uh, really had to take a step back that night and think about it. I thought about it. He had watched my videos. Uh, he already knew who I was. He looked me up. Um, and for him to say that to me, I was like, well, I don't know if I believe it. You know, I was in a low spot again, just, just leaving the UFC. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to work hard. And, and I know that in, I've known my whole life that I was destined to be a world champion, to be a superstar, um, and this man just kind of solidified that, that I can do this. I have to work harder than I ever have. And uh, that's been my mindset every single day since. I mean, obviously, at least from what I see on social media, your popularity hasn't really changed in my eyes. And we'll get into the significance of that on a recent level in a minute. But, you know, many people say, and there's a lot of truth to this, that that mixed martial arts, you know, the UFC and the sport in general, although it's not scripted, it was really born on the pro wrestling model. And you see now more than ever in the pro wrestling world that you don't have to be in the WWE to, to become successful, become a superstar. Do you feel like that is becoming the case in MMA, that you don't necessarily have to be in the UFC, you don't necessarily have to be in Bellator to become a big star in the sport or do you think there's still a little ways to go because the sport's so young? 
I think that absolutely. I think that the sport is evolving faster than ever. Uh, for me, what I what I think seems to like just kind of really inspire me is uh, Golden Boy. Golden Boy Boy is is hosting their first MMA fight. Uh, that's a huge organization right there. Um, and so with that, I think that no, you don't need to be in the UFC to become a superstar. I think that. Uh, you just have to make the right moves in your career and um, get the right platforms and, the, and meet the right people and just do the work. And uh, and it's a very possible. Uh, the UFC is an amazing platform. It's obviously the best platform for us in MMA. But I, I don't think that that's the only avenue that that needs to be taken to to get there. How's Kansas City been treating you since you've been out there? I love it here. So I have the biggest family ever in uh, Wichita, Kansas is very close so I, I get a lot of family that get, that gets to come and watch me fight that doesn't normally get to uh, which is amazing so I usually have a big crowd here and and it's a low-key spot here so I'm not I'm not too mad at it. I found a couple good restaurants <laughs> that I like here so it's it's not bad and I guess I slept through a thunderstorm I slept till noon today I can't believe it but there was a huge thunderstorm and I don't have those in San Diego. So I really miss those. I'm, I'm assuming that's why I slept so long was because of this thunderstorm here. So how many people do you think will be in the crowd to watch you fight on Saturday? Ah, uh, there should be at least 75. Wow. How about that? So you're selling tickets like crazy, I bet. Absolutely. Always. I mean, Invictus, such a great organization. It's great that it's on UFC Fight Pass. They always put on great shows. The cards are always entertaining, and this one should be no different. You're in the co-main event. How does this thing play out with Dan? Like, do you envision this thing ending ending in a certain way on Saturday? Devastating fashion. I'm going to finish <laughs> the fight. I'm going to be the most vicious, most composed, most comfortable Pro Gonzalez that you have ever seen. Um, and I really do mean that with all my heart. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to show the world. I am a different fighter from the last fight that you have seen, and you will see that on Saturday night. So you got the big fight coming up on Saturday. Now there's there's other things going on with you these days because there is a strong push for you to be featured in the upcoming Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue. And I know like print media has taken a step back as a whole, but the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue is iconic. I mean, it's one of those things that everybody knows about, everyone has heard of, and there has been a petition made to get you in there. I mean, tell everyone who may not know the story, how did this all come together? How did we get here? So it all started with uh, my cousin asking me what were what were my goals, and I was like, well, my goal is obviously, you know, first and foremost is to be a world champion. But the other part of of my goal in my with my career is is to get into these big magazines, Sports Illustrated swimsuit being one. And she was like, oh, okay. And so we kind of like put it out there on on my social media, and it kind of like got this big hit. So there's like this hashtag that everybody loves get pearl hashtag get pearl naked and apparently all my fans want to see me in this and it's and my fans are the one that created this petition and it's just kind of been blowing up and so i was like oh this is awesome so i found this really cute swimsuit that said sports illustrated and i'm like i'm gonna do a photo shoot in this and just kind of help manifest this dream of mine and that photo shoot did really well. Those photos did really well on the internet. And it's just kind of been a whirlwind. It's been amazing, actually. How long ago did this start? It started maybe five, you know, maybe about three months ago. Wow. So it just it, this just really started taking off the ground. It's really pushed it over the last week or so. Do you know how many signatures you have in that petition now? Have you, have you hit your goal yet? I'm pretty sure. So I, I don't. I don't know for sure. I know that last night, uh, one of my fans said, "I think 487 we were at, and the goal was to get to 500." Uh, so I'm assuming. I'm hoping that we are there. I've kind of been. I've pulled back a little bit on my social media and kind of scrolling and looking at everything. It's it's time to focus on my task at hand. 
But I really do believe that we are already at 500. Are you blown away with all the support you've had? Because, I mean, especially MMA Twitter these days, like, it can be pretty brutal. But it feels to me, at least from the comments that I've seen, like, this is about as positive of an MMA thing as I have ever seen. So what is that that like for you to, to get such positive feedback and everybody wants to see you, you know, accomplish this goal? It's inspiring. It's uplifting. It's motivating. I... I think it's telling me that I, I'm I'm doing the right thing and that, you know, people love me and they want to see me see me succeed and see me accomplish my goals. Uh, one of my supporters said to me, I'm so proud that I'm able to be a part of this and help to help make your dream come true. And I really thought about that. And I was like, wow, I have so many people behind me right now that really do want to help make my dream come true. Even something as small as signing a petition. It is. It's helping. It's making waves on the Internet. And I hope that it gets heard somewhere uh, by the, the people that matter, you know, um, to make this happen. So, yeah, it's, it's very inspiring. It's so uplifting. And it really does um, let me know that my hard work is worth it. Have you been in other magazines in the past heading into this whole thing? I have not. I've done one one magazine, uh, Cafe Magazine, which is a local Chicago magazine. I did that uh, back in my amateur career, but I have not done any magazines. And so that's one of my biggest goals is, is to do that. I, I love being on the camera. I love being beautiful. I love being a woman um, on top of being a, a badass woman. And um, I love to showcase that. So here's the big question. Any contact from the folks at Sports Illustrated yet? Not yet. Maybe but I have not of hope. Maybe they're just waiting for you to get through this fight. Maybe they they already have contracts written out for you. I think so. I think they're I think they're looking at looks for me and how they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> so I mean, I know you got to to get ready to cut this water weight, but what would this mean to you? Like, it, you win your fight, and then they reach out to you Sunday, being like, "Listen, we got a spot open for you. I I, I can't believe this fan support that you have." Let's make this happen. What would that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. It would mean the 16 years of the hard work that I've put into this sport and into myself. It would mean everything to me. Like, this is exactly what I want to do is I, I want to get mainstream. I want to be in magazines. I want to be in Sports Illustrated. So this would mean everything to me. Uh, I work very hard, not just to be a fighter, but to be an athlete. You know, I, I take care of my body. I eat good. Um, I work hard. I work through challenges and struggles every single day. And so this would mean it would just be like the highlight of my career to to get to that point. I am of the belief in the career that I am in that anybody at any time could be listening to the words that are coming out of our mouths right now. I mean, I work in radio. That stuff happens all the time. Things come full circle. And obviously, we have a connection to Sports Illustrated being Sports Illustrated MMA and being with Fansided. We're run by the same company. So let's just say that the folks from Sports Illustrated in the swimsuit edition, the editors, everyone are listening to you right now. What do you want to say to them? Get me naked. I swear I look good. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. That's great stuff. Pearl, I know you get a lot going on. You get a big fight coming up on Saturday, and I cannot thank you enough for coming on. It was an honor to speak with you. You very well spoken, and I hope this happens for you. I mean, this will be absolutely gigantic for the sport. It'll be absolutely gigantic for you, and I hope nothing but the best for you. So before we get out of here, any shout-outs, any sponsors? Let people know where to find and follow you, how to, how to boost this up a little more. Give the hashtag again. Let's make this happen for you. Yes, please follow me at Pearl Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
at Pearl Gonzalez. Has, keep hashtagging. Please keep shouting out to Sports Illustrated. Get Pearl naked. I want to <laughs> take it for you. Um, big shout out to my teams, 10th Planet San Diego, all of my coaches and teammates for working with me, my sponsors, For Life, Victory Beef, uh, Junior's Bar, uh, Output, all of my sponsors, my team. Thank you guys, Team Gonzalez, my fans, my supporters. It is because of you I'm on this podcast. It's because of you I'm fighting on Saturday night. I love you guys. I fight for you. Thank you. Pearl, thank you so much for the time again. Best of luck to you on Saturday, and, and best of luck getting into the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. This is amazing stuff, and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, there she is, Pearl Gonzalez, everybody. Big fight coming up on Saturday. Big, strong push to get her into the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. I, I'm, I'm mixing up edition and issue. Like, I'm saying, like, both words combined. That's what's been happening here, so... You know, that'd be amazing stuff for the sport. It'd be amazing for Invicta. It'd be amazing for, I mean, I mean, just think, if, if she got in there, the UFC would probably sign her in five seconds. They, they'd bring her right back. I mean, how can you not? But this would be so huge for mixed martial arts if she got on there. I mean, Ronda Rousey is a, is a megastar. And, it, you know, and, and I find it interesting that, you know, in the pro wrestling world, I mean, you're seeing, if you're a pro wrestling fan, that, that all-in event Cody and the Young Bucks are putting on sold out 10,000 tickets in 30 minutes. That's happening this weekend in Chicago. You don't have to be in the WWE to be a big star. And Pearl Gonzalez is trying to prove that right now, that you don't have to be in the UFC to be a big star. And this would be absolutely massive for everybody. So I want to thank Pearl Gonzalez for the time coming on just before her big fight at Invicta FC 31 on Saturday night. And now we have lots of stuff to discuss with you guys. You guys have been sending in emails and questions over the last several weeks. So we're going to go the full five with you guys. Five, four, All right, doing things a little bit differently this week on the Extra Rounds podcast. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. You guys have been sending in emails, asking different questions. A lot of them are repetitive. So we're going to get through some of these topics right now on the Extra Rounds podcast. And a lot of people have been talking about this Logan Paul thing. Um, Obviously, this turned into a huge event at the Manchester Arena last week. Logan Paul versus KSI. I think it's KSI. I know my my little sister-in-law was infatuated with this entire thing. She was so intrigued. And the fact that they sold out that arena is unbelievable. And now you get fighters calling them out like crazy. And the one that's getting the most attention is Sage Northcutt. A lot of people asking about Sage Northcutt. A lot of people asking about Logan Paul. And here's the thing. Whatever they did to set up that whole entire event in Manchester was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. Whether or not you thought that the whole thing was a was a travesty and a sham and it was ridiculous, they made a ton of money and hundreds of thousands of people, probably even millions of people, watched that thing happen. I mean, unbelievable. So now Logan Paul says he wants to be in the UFC and Super Sage calls him out. Now, if I'm Sage Northcutt, I'm doing the same darn thing. MMA is a sport with a small window. Everything has an extremely small window in this sport. When UFC 228 ends next Saturday, we're going to move on. By like Tuesday, it's almost like the event never happened. Unless there's like something crazy that comes out of it. But then we're going to be right on to 229. We're going to be right on to the next thing. So right now, Logan Paul is a hot topic. So being Sage Northcutt, a guy who was a hot topic for a while, he's still got a big synonymous name, and he's looking to maybe get back to where he was when he first came into the UFC, and I understand that. So good on him. 
Why not? Because guess what? You're going to watch it happen. If they book Sage Northcutt versus Logan Paul, you're watching it. Whether you are looking for a competitive fight or you want to see Sage Northcutt just wipe the floor at this kid, you're going to watch. And a lot of other people are going to watch too, so don't feel too bad about that. A lot of questions about Nick Diaz. Of course, he is a free man, essentially. His assault case was dismissed in Clark County District Court yesterday as we record this, and he is a free man. He's not going to face any charges. Everything was dismissed. So, And then he released a statement saying that he's focused on a return. He wants to come back into the octagon. What does that mean? Does that mean MSG? Because there is a glaring hole at the top of that card. If you go to UFC.com and you look at the event at Madison Square Garden, you will see the main event is TBD versus TBD. There is a glaring hole there. There is no main event. And you can make the argument that Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier could be the main event, and that's a pretty darn good main event. But if you can get Nick Diaz on the top of that card, you have a Diaz-Diaz co-main event main event. Oh, my gosh. And one thing you need to know, if you don't know about the Diaz brothers, is those guys, they live a lifestyle. There's no doubt about that. But those two are always in shape. They're always training. And if you give Nick Diaz a fight in eight, nine weeks at Madison Square Garden, you best believe that that guy's going to be in shape and ready to go. So could it be? Could we see Nick Diaz at MSG? I didn't even think we'd see him at fight ever again, but I'm t- I'm feeling it more and more. And Maybe this is just they were waiting to see what was going to happen here. I mean, what are the other options? you got to get the biggest names possible. Who do you put Nick against? You can put him against Logan Paul if you want. It doesn't matter. You put... You book Nate, Nick against anybody. The comeback fight after all this time. Hashtag I'll watch. Hashtag you'll probably watch too. So we'll see what happens there. But don't be. I would not be surprised to see Nick Diaz slotted into that main event spot because he's a draw. People want to see him fight. And I mean, that's it. So don't be surprised to see that. A lot of people asking about Tyron Woodley saying that he's not going to fight Kamara Usman if Darren Till doesn't make weight next Saturday at UFC 228. And a lot of people are up in arms about this. But why are you up in arms about this? The guy is a world champion. He's one of the most active world champions that the UFC has had. Yeah, he's been out for a little while, but he also defended the title. He fought for the belt and defended the belt four total times in the course of a year. I mean, the guy was very active. You're putting him in a matchup against Darren Till, a rising welterweight, a humongous guy, a very tall guy, a very big guy with a specific style. And Tyron Woodley is a guy that, and you've heard a lot of fighters on the show, I don't care who it is, I just focus on myself. Tyron Woodley is a little bit different. Tyron Woodley obviously focuses on himself, but he's also focused on the specific opponent. He looks at holes in games, he looks at tendencies and things like that, and he works his game plan along with the rest of his team based on his opponent. So if he works all this time, all these weeks, preparing for a guy like Darren Till and a style like Darren Till, and then you he doesn't make weight, and you put him in there with a guy like Kamara Usman, who's a totally different style, totally different frame, how is that fair? How can you get mad at him for not taking that fight? He's the champion. And the goal as a champion is to, one, make as much money as you can, and two, make that money because you're the champion. you got to have the belt to make that kind of money. I don't have any issue whatsoever with Tyron Woodley saying he's not going to fight Kamara Usman. He even said on Ariel Hawani's show, I believe it was this past Monday, maybe it was the Monday before, that he'll just fight Darren Till if he misses way. It'll just be a non-title fight. I think what you do anyways is you book Colby Covington versus Kamara Usman anyways. Just make that fight. Just put it on the books. Just make it happen. Set it up. Sign it. Let's do it. Winner of that gets the winner of this fight. End of discussion. Tyron Woodley's not going to fight Kamara Usman. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That's a dangerous fight. Those two are going to cross paths at some point. Tyron Woodley knows that. He's not saying it out of disrespect. He's saying because he's smart. 
If you're the champion, you do whatever you can to keep the belt. Why put yourself in a situation when you're preparing for a guy like Darren Till for all these weeks, and then on 24-hour notice, you're going to fight Kamara Usman, one of the most dangerous guys in that division? Kamara Usman is a savage. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. A lot of people excited about Shane Burgos being back in action. He's going to fight Kurt Hollibow at MSG, speaking of Madison Square Garden. What a great fight that is. That has early fight of the night potential written all over. Those two guys are going to get in there, and they're going to slug it out. You know, Burgos, part of the fight of the night at UFC 220. Kurt Hollibow, part of the fight of the night in his return to the UFC a few months back. And I love that fight. What a matchup that is. Burgos, one of those up-and-coming younger guys. Hollibow's been in the UFC before. Was with Titan FC for a while, went on a big tear. Of course, he had the big win over Matt Bissette, and then he got suspended by USADA for the IV use. And he's an exciting guy. Win or lose for both of those guys, that's going to be an exciting fight. Burgos had his first loss to Calvin Cater at UFC 220, but that was a great fight heading into that third round. That was about as close close of a fight as you could get. And then Cater ended up finishing the job in front of his home his home fans. But I love that fight. Some some good matchmaking. I also like uh, the other featherweight matchup that was announced, Kyle Bokniak versus Hakeem Dewadu at UFC 231 in Toronto. And it's interesting that they're starting to book a lot of these fights several months in advance. And we're starting to get these announcements. Of course, that fight was first reported by Nolan King at Flow Combat. So that's a good fight. Corey Anderson versus Alir Latifi set for UFC 232 in Las Vegas. That's the very last card again. One of these fights getting booked well in advance. And I like that fight. The, the winner of that could potentially be fighting for the UFC light heavyweight title. How about that? A lot of people asking what's next for Justin Gaethje. I like the Kevin Lee fight. I really like the Kevin Lee fight. I think that's the fight to make. You know, if Kevin Lee fights Ally Quinta in New York or something like that, I'm I'm not opposed to that. There's some unfinished business between those two guys. Both guys have evolved tremendously since the last time they fought, but I think the fight to make is Kevin Lee versus Justin Gaethje. That's my opinion. I think a lot of people agree with me on that. I mean, you saw it all over Twitter. Let's do Gaethje versus Lee. I like that fight. And we'll wrap it up with (laughs) the fight that is booked that nobody had asked for at all. Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz 3. It is set Golden Boy MMA, November 24th. On pay-per-view, it's going to take place in California. I cannot believe this is happening, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot believe it. Do I understand why they're putting these two guys together? Of course I understand why they're putting these two guys together. But does it make any sense in the world? No. And it's not because... And it was funny. I was bartending a couple weeks ago, and there was a gentleman, very intense individual, and we were talking some MMA, which I am accustomed to doing when I find an MMA fan on the other side of the bar. And he asked me about this fight. And he goes, what do you think of it? And I said, I hate it. And he goes, oh my God, how could you hate that? Because first of all, Chuck Liddell is 50 years old, okay? And this is not taking anything away from what he has done for the sport, what he did in the past as the UFC light heavyweight champion. I mean, the guy was, we would not be where we are. The UFC would not have sold for four point blah, blah, billion dollars without a guy like Chuck Liddell doing what he did. And Tito Ortiz is no young man himself. However, he's a lot younger. He's been more active. He's coming off of wins. He wasn't he hasn't really been brutally knocked out in any of his fights, especially not at the consistency Chuck Liddell was over his last few fights. Chuck's been in some wars. Tito, I mean, he's he's had some brutal knockouts, but not recently. I am against this fight not because of who these two individuals are, not because of who Chuck Liddell was in the past, but of, of who Chuck Liddell is now. I mean, I saw a video of him hitting pads about a month ago. It wasn't pretty. And Chuck Liddell could beat the shit out of me. And I hate being the armchair quarterback. 
The only reason I don't like this fight, and the biggest reason I don't like this fight, is the safety. Okay? Not that Tito is this gigantic knockout artist. I, I get that. But, you know, Tito could still move around in there, and he could still perform. It just scares the hell out of me. It does. It scares the hell out of me. I understand why they're doing it, and hopefully they can they can bring in some really good young talent to showcase on this card underneath this main event. And you know what? I'm going to watch it. Of course I'm going to watch it. It'd be crazy to not watch it, but I don't like it. I worry about it. I'll be honest with you. Let's just go through news that is on my mind real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Tanya Evinger is going to fight Aspen Ladd now at UFC 229. How about that? She gets moved to the biggest card of all time. Brandon Davis is going to fight Zabit Magomed Shuripov at UFC 228. Brandon Davis is such a savage. That guy just does not care. He will fight anybody. And Zabit is no joke. So kudos to him for stepping up on short notice and, and taking a fight like that. And some heavyweight news as well. Junior Dos Santos versus Tai Tuivasa will headline the December 2nd card in Adelaide, South Australia on December 2nd. I think I already said that, but that's a great fight as well. So there's a lot going on right now. Of course, we got UFC 228 coming up next week, and we got you covered. We'll have Jimmy Rivera on the show as he gets ready to take on John Dotson. We'll also have the challenger for the UFC Women's Flyweight title, Valentina Shevchenko. She's going to take on Nico Montano at UFC 228 in the co-main event. So we'll talk to both of them next week. We'll go the full five once again, and there's a lot going on. Big thank you to Pearl Gonzalez for coming on the show. Big thank you to all you guys for downloading and subscribing, sending in the topics for going the full five today. Much appreciated. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the fan-sided MMA YouTube page on top of that. Big thank you to our sponsor, TestStripsWithTheZ.com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. Turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cash up to $50 per box. Get all the information at TestStripsWithTheZ.com. We'll see you next week, everybody. My name is Mike Hack. Thanks for listening to the Extra Rounds podcast. Extra Rounds podcast.